Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Ethan, Chapter 2. When Arabella woke up again, it was daylight. Her hand throbbed in its white cast. She ground her teeth together, recalling the accident all too vividly. The impact, the sound of broken glass, her own cry, and then oblivion rushing over. She couldn't blame the accident on her father. It had been unavoidable. Slick roads, a car that pulled out in front of them, and they'd gone off the pavement and into a telephone pole. She was relived relieved to be alive despite the damage to her hand but she was afraid her father wasn't going to react well to the knowledge that her performing days might be over she refused to, th she refused to think about that possibility she had to be optimistic but latently she wondered what had become of the car they'd been driving they'd been on their way to jacobsville from corpus christi where she'd been performing in a charity concert her father hadn't told her why they were going to jacobsville so she assumed that they were taking a brief vacation in their own hometown she thought then about seeing Ethan again, and her heart had bounced in her chest, but she hadn't expected to see him under these circumstances. They'd been very close to Jacobsville, so naturally they'd been taken to the hospital there. Her father had been transferred to Dallas, and had called Ethan, but why? She could imagine the reason he should have asked a man he obviously disliked to look after his daughter. She was no closer to solving the mystery when the door opened. Ethan came in with a cup of black coffee, looking out of sorts as if he never smiled in his life. He had a faint arrogance of carriage that had intrigued her from the first time she'd, she'd seen him. He was an individual as his name. She even know, knew how he'd come by the name. His mother Corrigan, a John Wayne fan, had loved the movie The Searchers, which came out before Ethan was born. When Corrigan became pregnant, she couldn't think of a better name for her first-born son than the first name John Wayne had been given in the movie, so he became Ethan Hardiman. His middle name was John, but few people outside the family knew it. Arambella loved looking at him. He had a rodeo rider's physique, powerful shoulders and chest that wedged down to narrow hips, a flat belly and long muscular legs. His face wasn't bad either. He was tan and his eyes were deep set and very gray, although sometimes they looked silver and other times they had the faintest hint of blue. His hair was dark and conveniently conveniently cut his nose was straight his mouth sensuous his cheekbones high and his chin faintly jotted with a slight cleft he had lean hands with long fingers and neatly trimmed flat nails she was staring at him again helplessly she supposed from his blue checkered western shirt to his gray denims and black boots he was impeccably dressed elegant for a cowboy even if he was the boss you look like hell he said and all her romantic dreams were pushed aside at once Thank you, she said. She replied with a little of her old spirit. That kind of flattery is just what I needed. You'll mend. He sounded unruffled. He always did. He sat down in the armchair next to the bed and leaned back with one long leg crossed over the other, sipping his coffee. Mother Mary will be in to see you later. How's the hand? It hurts, she said simply. She used the good one to brush back her hair. She could hear Bach preludes and Clementia Sinatra's in the back of her mind. Always the music. It gave her life, made her breathe. She couldn't be bear to think that she might lose it again. Have they given you anything? Yes, just a few minutes ago. I'm a little groggy, but I don't hurt as bad as I did, she assured him. She already seen one orderly run for cover when he walked in. All she needed was to have Ethan bulldoze any more of the staff on her behalf. Smile friendly. I won't cause too much trouble, he assured her. I just want to make sure you're being treated properly.
So does the staff, she murmured dryly. And I hear at least two doctors are thinking of resigning. If I'm not released soon, he looked at the least. He looked the least bit uncomfortable. I wanted to make sure you got the best care possible. I did. Never fear, she murmured eyes. From one enemy to another. Thanks for the TLC, he said. I'm not your enemy. No, we didn't part as friends all those years ago. <laughs> she leaned back, saying, I'm sorry things didn't work out for you and Miriam. He said, she said, I hope it wasn't because of anything I said. It's past history, he said, Corey. Let it drop. Okay. He intimidated her with those black stares. Except his coffee, allowing his eyes to wander down the length of her slender body. You've lost weight. You need rest. I haven't been able to afford that luxury, she told him. We've only began to break even this year. Your father could get a job and help out, he said coldly. You don't have the right to interfere in my life, Ethan, she said, staring back at him. He gave that up years ago. The muscles in his face contracted. All those gays didn't wear. I know better than you do what I gave up. He stared. Her down and drank some more coffee. Mother and Mary are fixing up the guest room for you, he told her. Matt's off out of Salem, Montana, so Mary will be glad of the company. Doesn't your mother mind having me landed on it? My mother loves you, he said. She always has. And you've always known it, so there's no need to pretend. Your mother is a nice person. And I'm not, he said. I've never tried to win any popularity contests, if that's what you mean. She shifted against the pillar. You're very touchy these days, Ethan. I wasn't looking for ways to insult you. I'm very grateful for what you've done. Finished his coffee. His great eyes met hers. For an instant, they were held against their will. He averted his gaze instantly. I don't want gratitude from you. There was the truth. Not gratitude or anything else. Least of all love. She let her eyes fall to her hand in her cast. Did you call the hospital in Dallas to ask about my father? Phoned your uncle early this morning. The eye specialist is supposed to see your father today. They're more optimistic than they were last night. Did he ask about me? Of course he asked about you, he replied. He was told about your hand. She stiffened, and? He didn't say another word, according to your uncle. He smiled without humor. Well, what did you expect? Your hands are his livelihood. He just seen a future that's going to require him to work for a living again. I expect he's drowning in self-pity. Shame on you, she snapped. He stared at her. I know your father. You do, too, despite the fact that you spent your life protecting him. You might try to live in your own way for a change. I'm content with my life, she muttered. His pale eyes caught in Hilders, and he was very still. The room was so quiet that they could hear the sound of cars outside the hospital and the nearby streets of Jacobville. Do you remember what you asked me when they brought you in? She shook her head. No, I was hurting pretty badly just then. She let her burn her eyes. You asked if I remembered the swimming hole. Her cheeks went hot. She plated the material of the hospital gown. They'd put her in grimacing. I can't imagine why they'd ask such a question. That's ancient history. Four, four years is an ancient history. And to answer the question belatedly, yes, I remember. I wish I could forget. Well, that was plain enough, wasn't it? She thought. Hurt. She couldn't bring herself to meet his gaze. She couldn't imagine the mockery in his eyes. Why can't you? She asked Chen to sound as uncertain. Unconcerned as he did. After all, you told me yourself that I'd asked for it, that you'd been thinking about Miriam. Damn, Miriam. He got up, upsetting the coffee cup in the process, splattering her flu drops of scalding coffee onto his hand. He ignored the sting, turning away to stare out the window at Jacobsville, his body rigid. He lifted the cuppy to his lips and sipped the hot liquid again to steady himself. Even the mention of his ex-wife made him tense. 
wounded him. Arabella had no idea of the hell Miriam had made of his life, or why he let her trap him into marriage. It was four years too late for explanations or apologies. His memories of the day he made love to Arabella were permanent, unchanged, a part of him, but he couldn't even tell her that. He was so locked up inside that he almost forgot how to feel, until Arabella's father telephoned him to tell him that Arabella had been injured. Even now, he could taste the sick fear he felt, face all over again, the possibility that she might have died. The world had gone black until he got to the hospital and found her relatively unhurt. Do you hear from Miriam anymore? She asked. He turned around. I haven't since the divorce was final until last week. He finished the coffee and left coldly. She wants to talk about a reconciliation. Arabella felt her heart sink. So much for faint hope, she thought. Do you want her back? Ethan came back to the bedside, and his eyes were blazing with anger. No, I don't want her back, he said. He stared down at her eyes. Took me years to talk her into a divorce. Do you really think I have any plans to put my neck in that noose again? Yes. I don't know you, Ethan, she replied quietly. I don't think I ever did, really. But you loved Miriam once, she added with a downcast eyes. It's not inconceivable that you could miss her or want her back. He didn't answer her. He turned and dropped back down into the armchair by the bed, crossing his legs. Absently, he played with the empty coffee cup. Loved Miriam. He wanted her, but love? No. He wished he could tear Aaron Bell of that, but he'd become too adept at keeping his deepest feelings hidden. He put the cup down on the floor beside his chair. A cracked mirror is better replaced than mended. He said, lifting his eyes back to Arabella's. I don't want a reconciliation. So that being the case, he continued improvising as he began to see a way of this approaching predicament. We might be able to help each other. Arabella's heart jumped. What? He stared at her, his eye probing. I said, your father raised you in an emotional prison. You never tried to break out. Well, here's your chance. I don't understand. That's obvious. You used to be better at reading between the lines. He took a cigarette from the pack in his pocket, dangled it from his finger. Don't worry, I won't light it. He added when he saw the look she gave. I need something to do with my hands. What I meant was that you and I can pretend to be involved. She couldn't prevent the astonished fear from discarding her features. He pushed her out of his life once, and now he had the audacity to want her to pretend to be involved with him? It was cruel. I thought you'd be bothered by the suggestion, <laughs> he said after a minute of watching her expression. But think about it. Marin won't be here for another week or two. There's time to map out our strategy. Why can't you just tell her not to come? She faltered. He started his boots. I could, but it wouldn't solve the problem. She'd be dancing in and out of my life from now on. The best way, the only way, he corrected, is to give her a good reason to stay away. You're the best one I can think of. Marion would laugh herself sick if anyone told her you were involved with me, she said shortly. I was only 18 when you married her. She didn't consider me any kind of competition then, and she was right. I wasn't, and I'm not, she lifted her chin with mangled pride. I'm talented, but I'm not pretty. She'll never believe you if you see anything interesting about me. He had to control his expression not to portray the sting of those words. It hurt him to hear her and Bella talk so cynically. He didn't like remembering how badly he had to hurt her. At the time, it didn't seem that he had a choice, but explaining his reasoning to Aaron Bell four years too late would accomplish nothing. His eyes darkened as he watched Aaron Bell with the odd longing. He didn't know how he was going to bear having to let her walk out of his life a second time, but at least he might have a few weeks with her under the pretext of a mutual aid pact. Better that than nothing. At least he might have one or two sweet memories to last through the barren years ahead. Miriam isn't stupid, he said finally. You're a young woman now, well-known in your field, and no longer a country mouse. She won't know how sheltered you've been unless you tell her. 
his eyes slid gently over her face. Even without your father's interference, I don't imagine you've had much time for men, have you? Men are treacherous, she said without thinking. I offered you my heart, and you threw it in my teeth. Haven't offered it again to anyone, and I don't intend to. Got my music, Ethan, that's all I need. He didn't believe her. Women didn't go that sour over a useful infatuation, especially when it was mostly physical to begin with. Probably the drugs they'd given her had upset her reasoning. Even if he'd given an arm to believe she cared that much. What if you don't have music anymore? Yeah, suddenly. Then I'll jump off the roof, she replied with conviction. I can't live without it. I don't want to try. What a cowardly approach. He said the words coldly to disguise a ripple of real fear at the way she looked what, when she said that. Not at all, she contradicted him. At first it was my father's idea to push me into a life of concert tours, but I love what I do. Most of what I do, she corrected. I don't care for crowds, but I'm very happy with my life. How about a husband? Kids? He probably, I don't want it. Want or need either, she said a birdie race. I have my life planned. Your damn father has your life plan, he shot back at her. He'll tell you when to breathe if you'd let him. What I do is none of your concerns, she replied, her eyes. Green eyes met his only. You have no right whatsoever to talk about my father trying to dominate me. When you're trying to manipulate me yourself to help you get Mary him out of your hair. Once over I never amazes me. What does yes? That you hit back at me with such disgusting ease, and you won't say boo to your father. I'm not afraid of you, she said. She lays her fingers together. I've always been a little in awe of my father. The only thing he cares about is my talent. I thought if I got famous, he might love me. She laughed bitterly. But it didn't work, did it? Now he thinks I may not be able to play again, and he doesn't want anything to do with me. She looked up with tear-bright eyes. Neither would you. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Miriam hot-footing it down here, I've never been anything but a pawn where men were concerned. You think my father is trying to run my life? He stuck is the hand that wasn't holding the cigarette in his pocket. That's one miserable self-image you've got. He remarked quietly. She looked like, I know my failings, she told him. She closed her eyes. I'll help you keep Miriam at bay, but you won't need to protect me from my father. I very much doubt if I'll ever see him again after what's happened. If that hand heals properly, you'll see him again. He then tossed the unlit cigarette into an ashtray. I have to get Mother Mary and drive them in to see you. The man I sent for your clothes should be back by then. I'll bring your things with us. Thank you, she said simply. He paused by the bedside, bedside his eyes attentive. I don't like having to depend on other people either, he said, but you can carry independence too far. Right now, I'm all you've got. I'll take care of you until you're back on your feet. That includes keeping your father away. I can do that too. She looked up. What do you have in mind to keep Marion from taking our relationship as a shame? You look nervous, he remarked. Do you think I might want to make love to you in front of her? Her cheeks went out. Of course not. <laughs> well, you can relax. I won't ask you for the ultimate sacrifice. A few smiles and some hand-holding ought to get the message across. <laughs> he laughed bitterly at his own look. Bitterly as he looked down at her. That doesn't do it. I'll announce our engagement. Don't panic. He had it icily when he saw the expression on her face. You can break it off when she leaves. If we have to go that far. Her heart was going mad. He didn't know what the thought of being engaged to him did to her. She loved him absolutely desperately, but it's obvious that he had no such feeling for her. Why did he need someone to help him get Miriam to leave him alone, she wondered. Maybe he still loved Miriam and was afraid of letting her get to him. Arabella closed her eyes. Whatever his reason, she couldn't let him know how she felt. 
I'll go along then, she said. I'm so tired, Ethan. Get some rest. I'll see you later. She'll be right. Thank you for coming to see me. I don't imagine it was something you'd have chosen to do, except the dad asked you. And you think I care about, care enough for your father's opinion to make any sacrifices on his behalf? He asked curiously. Well, I don't expect you to make any on mine, she said coolly. God knows you disliked me enough in the old days, and still do, I imagine. I shouldn't have said anything to you about Miriam. She was suddenly talking to thin air. He was gone before the words were out of her mouth. Ethan was back with Corn and Mary later that day, but he didn't come into the room. Corn, small and delicate, was everything Arabella would have ordered in a custom-made mother. The little woman was spirited and kind, and her battles with Ethan were legendary. But she loved Arabella and Mary, and they were as much her daughters as Jan, her own married daughter who lived out of state. It's a blessing that Ethan was home, Corin told Aaron Bell with old Mary. While Mary, Aaron Bell's best friend in public school, sat nearby and listened to the conversation with twinkling brown eyes. He'd been away from home every day since his divorce was final, mostly business trips. He's been moody and broody and restless. I found it amazing that he sent Matt on his last one. Maybe he was out making up for last time after the divorce was final, Arabella said. Well, after all, he was much too honorable himself to indulge in anything indecent while he was technically married. Unlike Miriam, who was sleeping with anything in pants just weeks after they married, Corian said bluntly. God knows why she held on to him for so long, whenever he knew, everyone knew she never loved him. There's no alimony in Texas, Mary grinned. Maybe that's why. I offered her a settlement. Corin said, surprising the other two women. She refused. But I hear that she met someone else down in the Caribbean, and there are rumors that she may marry her new man friend. That's more than likely why she agreed to the divorce. Then why does she want to come back? Arabella asked. To make as much trouble as she can for Ethan, probably. Corin said, darling. She used to say things to him that cut my heart out. He fought back, God knows, but even a strong man can be wounded by careless ridicule and humiliation my dear Miriam actually seduced a man at a dinner party we gave for ethan's business associates he walked in on them in his own study there bear closed her eyes and going it must have been terrible for him more terrible than you know corian replied he never really loved her and she knew it she wanted him to worship at her feet but he wouldn't he ex her extramarital activities turned him off completely. He told me that he found her repulsive, and probably he told her too. That was about the time she started trying to create as many scandals as possible to embarrass him. And they did. Ethan's a very conventional man. It crushed him that Miriam thought nothing of seducing his business associates. Corey actually shut him. A man's ego is a sensitive spot. She knew it, and used it with deadly affection. Ethan's changed. He was always quiet and introvert, but I hate what this marriage has done to him. He's a hard man to get close to, Arabella said quietly. Nobody gets near him at all now, I imagine. Maybe you can change that, Corrine said, smiling. You can make him smile when no one else could. You taught him how to play. He was happier than that summer for four years ago than he ever was before or since. Was he? Arabella smiled painfully. We had a terrible quarrel over Miriam. I don't think he's ever forgiven me for the things I said. Anger can camouflage so many emotions, Bella, Corin said quietly. It isn't always as cut and dry as it seems. No, it isn't, Mary agreed. Matt and I hated each other once, and we wound up married. I doubt if Ethan will ever marry anyone again, Arabella said, glancing at Corin. A bad burn leaves scars. 
Yes, Corin said sadly. By the way, dear, she said, then changing the subject, we're looking forward to having you with us while you recuperate. Mary and I will enjoy your company so much. Aaron Bell thought about what Corin had said long after they left. She could imagine a man as masculine as he is and being so wounded by any woman. But perhaps Miriam had some kind of hold on him that no one knew about. Probably a sensual one, she thought miserably, because everyone who'd seen them together knew how attracted he'd been to Miriam physically. Miriam had been worldly and sophisticated. It was understandable that he'd fallen so completely under her spell. Aaron Bella had been much too innocent to even began to compete for him. A nurse came in, wearing a huge bouquet of flowers, and Arabella's eyes glistened with faint tears at their beauty. There was no card, but she knew by the size and extravagance of the gift that it had to be a Corin. She had to remember to thank the other woman the next day. It was a long night, and she didn't sleep well. Her dreams were troubled, full of Ethan and pain. She lay looking up at the ceiling after one of the more potent dreams, and her mind drifted back to that, to a late summer's day. And the sound of bees buzzing around the wildflowers that circled the spot where the creek widened into a big hole, deep enough to swim in. She and Ethan had gone there to swim one lazy afternoon. She could still see the butterflies and hear the crickets and July flies that populated the deserted area. Ethan had driven them to the creek in the truck because it was a long and tiring walk in the devastating heat of South Texas summer. He'd been wearing white chunks that showed off his powerful body in an all-too-sensual way, his broad shoulders and chest tampering to his narrow hips and long legs. He was deeply tanned, and his chest and flat belly were thick with curling dark hair. Seeing him in trunks had never bothered Arabelle over much over much until that day, and then just looking at him, made her blush and scamper into the water. She'd been wearing a yellow one-piece bathing suit, very respectable and equally inexpensive. Her father's job had supported them fugally, and she was working part-time to help pay her tuition at the music school in New York. She was on fire with the promise of being a superb pianist, and things were going well for her. She'd come over to spend the afternoon with his sister, Jan, but she and her latest boyfriend had gone to a barbecue, so Ethan had offered to take her swimming. The other had shocked and flattered Aaron Bell because Ethan was in his mid-twenties and she was sure his taste didn't run to schoolgirls. He was remote and unapproachable most of the time, but in the weeks before they went swimming together, he'd always seemed to be around when she visited his sister. His eyes had followed Aaron Bell with an intensity that had disturbed and excited her. She loved him for so long, ached for him, and in that day all her dreams had come true when he issued his casual invitation to come swimming with him. Once he rescued her from an enormous over a Morris would-be suitor, and another time he'd driven her to school, partly along with Jan, Matt, and Mary. To everyone's surprise, he stayed long enough to dance one slow, lazy song with Aaron Bell. Jan and Mary had teased her about it mercilessly, that it started the fantasies that one dance. Afterward, Aaron Bell had watched Ethan and had worshipped him from afar. Once they were at the swimming hole, the atmosphere had suddenly changed. Arabelle hadn't understood the way Ethan kept looking at her body, his silver eyes opening covertly, thrilling, seductive. She colored delightedly every time he glanced her way. How do you like music school? Music school. He asked while they sat in the grass at the creek edge and Ethan quickly smoked a cigarette. She had to drag her eyes away from his broad chest. I like it, she said. I miss home, though. She played with a blade of glass. I guess things have been busy for you and Matt. Not busy enough, he said enigmatically. He turned his head and his silver eyes had cut at her. He didn't even write. Jan worried. I haven't had time. That's so much to catch up on. 
boys. He questioned his eyes, flickering as he lifted a cigarette to his thin lip. No, she averted her face from the sudden mocking gaze. I mean, there hasn't been time. That's something. He crushed out the cigarette in the grass. We've had visitors, a film crew, doing a commercial of all things, using the ranch as a backdrop. The models were fascinated by cattle. One of them actually asked me if you really pumped the cow's tail to get milk. She laughed at it. What did you tell her? That she was welcome to try one if she wanted to. Shame on you, Ethan. Her face lit up as she stared at him. Then very suddenly the smile died and she was looking almost straight into his soul. She shivered with the feverish reaction of her body to that long intimate look and Ethan abruptly got to his feet, moved toward her with a stride that was lazy, graceful, almost talking. Trying to seduce me, Bella. He taunted softly, all too aware of how her soft eyes were smoothing over his body as he stopped just above her. She really called him. Of course not, she literally. I was just looking at you. You've been doing that all day. He moved then, straddling her prone body so that he was kneeling with her hips between his strong thighs. He looked at her. He looked at her, his eyes lingering on her breasts for so long that they began to feel tight and swollen. She followed his gaze and found the nipples hard, invisible under the silky fabric. She got her breath and lifted her hands to cover them, but her steely fingers had snapped around her wrists, pushed them down beside her head. He leaned forward to accomplish that, and now his hips were squarely over hers, and she could feel the contours of his body begin to change. Her shocked eyes met his. Ethan, what are you? She began asking, don't move your hips. He said his voice deep and soft as he eased his chest down over hers and began to drag it slowly, tenderly against her taut nipples. Lock your fingers into mine, he whispered, and still that aching, arousing pressure went on and on. He bent so that his hard, thin mouth was poised just above hers. He bent softly at her lower lip, drawing it into his lips, teasing it with his tongue traced the moist inner softness. She moaned sharply at the intimacy of his mouth his body, her eyes wide and astonished. Yes, he said, lifting his face enough to see her eyes, to hold him with his glittering ones. You and me, haven't you ever considered the possibility why you were being thrown at one eligible man after another, by chance, censorless matchmaking a few months ago? No, she confessed suddenly. I thought you wouldn't be interested in somebody my age. A virgin has her own special appeal, he replied, and you still are a virgin, aren't you? Yes, she managed wondering at her inability to produce anything except monosyllables with Ethan's body made hers echo over. I'll stop before we do anything risky, he said quietly, but we're going to enjoy each other for a long, long time before it gets to that point. Open your mouth when I kiss it, little one. Let me feel your tongue touching mine. She did moan then, letting his tongue penetrate the soft recesses of her mouth. The intimacy of it lifted her body against his, and he made a deep, rough sound in his throat as he let his hips down over hers completely. He felt her faint panic and subdued it with soft words and the gentle caress of his lean, strong hands on her back, under her. The soft grass made a tickling cushion while she looked up beneath his quiet eyes. Afraid, yes, Emily. I know you can feel how aroused I am, but I'm not going to hurt you. Just relax. We can lie together like this. I won't lose control, even if you'd let me do what comes next. She felt the faint tenderness of his lips as she, as she spoke, tasted him on them with how, what comes next? Yes, this. He lifted up one elbow and traced his fingers over her shoulder and her collarbone down onto the faint swell of her breast. He stroked her with the lightest kind of touch, going close to butt. 
flowing close to, but not never actually touching the top nipple. She couldn't help her own reaction to the intimate feel of his lean fingers on her untouched body. She shuddered with pure pleasure, and the silver eyes above her watched with her, their own pleasure in her swift response. I know what you want, he whispered softly, and he holding her gaze, began to tease the nipple with a light, repetitive stroke that made her arc arch with each exquisite movement. Have you ever done this with a man? <laughs> Never, she confessed arrogantly. She shivered all over and her fingers bit into his muscular arms. His face changed at her admission. He grew harder and his eyes began to glow. He lifted himself away from her. Pull your bathing suit down to your hips, he said with a rough tenderness. I couldn't, she gasped. I want to look at you while I'll touch you, he said. I want to show you how intimate... It is a lie against a man's body with no fabric in the way to blunt that sweetness of touching. But I've never, she protests weakly. His voice, when he spoke, was slow and soft and soft. Bella, there's no other man you want this first time to be with. That put it in all distracted. No, she said finally. I couldn't let anyone else look at me, only you. His chest rose and fell. Only me. <laughs> you bring do it. <laughs> she did amazed at her own abandon. She pulled the straps gingerly down her arms and loosened the fabric from her breast. Her eyes slid down with the progress of the bathing suit, and when she was nude from the waist up, he hung there above her, just looking at the delicate rise of her hard-tipped breast, drinking in their beauty. She gasped, and his eyes lifted to hers as they shared the impact of the first intimate thing they'd ever done together. I didn't think it would be you the first time, she whispered tingling. That makes us even... He replied his hand moved, tracing around her breast. His his hips shifted. She felt his pulsing need with awe as she registered his blatant masculinity. His hand abruptly covered her breast, his palm taking in the hard nipple. She moaned as his mouth drowned down into hers. Her body was alive. It wanted him, needed him. She felt her hips twist instinctively upward, seeking an even closer contact. He groaned in one long powerful Leg insinuated itself between hers, giving her the contact she wanted, but it wasn't enough. It was a fever, burning, blistering, and she felt her hands go to his hips, digging in, her voice breaking under the curious crush of his mouth. His hands slid under her, his hair rough and chest dragged over her soft breast, while his hips thrust downward against hers. She felt him in a contact that made her cry out. The cry was what stopped him, and to drag his mouth away. She saw the effect it took, and he stared down at her with eyes that were frankly frightening. He was barely able to breathe. He groaned out loud, then he arched away from her, got jerkily to his feet to dive head first into the swimming hole, leaving a dazed, shocked Aaron Bell on the bank with her bathing suit down around her hips. She only just managed to pull it up when he finally climbed out of the water, stood over her. She was as defiant, definite disadvantage, but she let him pull her to her feet. He didn't let go of her hand. His finger lifted it to his mouth, and he put his lips to herself on. I envy the man who gets you, Bella, he said only. You're very special. Why did you do that? She yes, asked. Maybe I wanted a taste of you. He said with a cynical smile before he turned away from her to get his towel. I've never had a virgin. Oh. He watched her gather up her own things and slip into her shoes as they went back to the pickup truck. He didn't take that little intertude seriously, I hope. He asked abruptly as he held the door open for her. She had, but the look on his face was warning her not to. She cleared her. No, I didn't take it seriously, she said. I'm glad. I don't mind furthering your education, but I love my freedom. 
that stunk. Probably it was meant to. He'd come very close to losing it, and he didn't like it. His anger had been written all over his face. I didn't ask you to further my education, she snapped, and he smiled mom. No, it seemed to me that you've done everything but wear a sign, or maybe I just read you too well. You wanted me, honey, and I was glad to oblige, but only to a certain point. Virgins are exciting to kiss, but I like an experienced woman under me in bed. She slapped him. It had been something she meant to do. The remark had stung viciously. He hadn't tried to slap her back. He hadn't said anything. He smiled that cold, mocking, arrogant smile that meant he'd scored and nothing else mattered. Then he put her in the truck and driven her home. The next week, he'd been seen everywhere with Miriam, and Aaron Bell overheard Miriam telling the other model about her plans for Ethan. Aaron Bell had gone straight to Ethan, despite their strained relationship, to tell him what Miriam had said, for it was too late. But he laughed at her, accusing her of being jealous, and then he sent her out of his life with a scorching account of her inadequacies. Four years ago, and she could still hear every word. She closed her eyes. She wondered if his memories were as bitter and as painful as her own. She doubted it. Surely Miriam had left him with some happy ones. Finally, worn out and with her wounds reopened, she slept. End of chapter two. And I know it's a long chapter.